On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Happy Friday. I hope you've had an awesome week full of opportunities, full of productivity and you're getting ready for a nice relaxing weekend. To tie this week off, we're talking about B2B content marketing practices, so best practices for content marketing, but specifically in relation to people who are in the B2B space or also if you sell a premium product. That's who's going to get the most benefit from this episode. This is from a live stream I did off of the back of that uh, one I shared last week on the five elements of story. And then next week, I've got an awesome seen and heard episode lined up for you. Uh, got really, really good responses from that one. It's about, you know, if you kind of are someone who's sitting there going, what do I share today on LinkedIn? Or what do I share today on Twitter? Like, what am I doing on what am I doing with my content today? I know I should put something up. What is it? What I'm saying is a lot of people are doing a lot of heavy lifting to try to build their online visibility. So this week's episode, like today and next week's episode, will really help you overcome some of those challenges. And if you find it useful, uh, please consider sharing it with others who you know need this help as well. Um, the way this podcast grows is largely through word of mouth. So If you think it's good, if you want to support the show, share it with other people. The other way that you can support this show is you can head over to my Ko-fi page. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress and you can buy me a cup of coffee. You can do it as a once-off thing. You can buy me lots of cups of coffees. Lots of cups of coffees? Yeah, that's a hard sentence to say. Or you could do it as a once a month thing. Like once a month, I'm going to get Lauren a cup of coffee until... Such a time as the podcast becomes irrelevant and unvaluable to me, which hopefully will never happen. (laughs) If you haven't had a chance to rate and review the show yet on Apple Podcasts, uh, that would be awesome also. And yeah, let's get on to the live stream. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. We're following up from... Last week, I was talking about storytelling and the five elements of story and how to create, you know, content that sticks. And this week, I want to share with you, because I've been asked this actually quite a bit lately, is like, how do you actually then piece together, you know, your content marketing strategy? How do you uh, put together your content for 
the different things that you're doing on social media, on your website, uh, on your email marketing, all that kind of stuff, right? Because it's one thing to be able to tell a good story, but what does that actually mean for the media you create? Because they're, they're two different things. So let's start off and just talk a little bit about what's the difference between story and content in the first place, right? So when we're talking about story, essentially we're talking about your brand story, your, your brand DNA. So that content... I shouldn't use the word content. That story is about at the very core of your business, what is it about, right? And that's quite different to what we're doing over in content marketing. I always like to think of it as sort of like your raw story. Like why do we exist? Your why story. How do we exist? So as in what do we do? Not how do we exist, but how do we create value? How do we create value? And then uh, what do we do, right? So there's sort of like three stories you want to be able to tell from the business perspective. Don't worry about where you're putting that. That's not actually going to go and live anywhere just yet. That's when we're looking at how do we, so using the incorporating the five elements of story and like I, I sort of explained last week, like understanding that structure, how do I tell the why story of my business? How do I tell the how story of my business and the what story of my business? And if you can tell those three stories, you're going to be in a much better position to create content yourself or also if you're going out to brief other people or bring a marketing person on board, they need to know what that is. So they're kind of like your core stories. They're your brand stories. This is what I do with, with clients when we're working through a content marketing strategy. So we want to make sure from a brand perspective, we've, we've got that pinned down, but then now we've got to go and make heaps of content, right? And those three stories aren't going to cut it. And I do sometimes see businesses try to do this, especially in the B2B space where it's like, okay, well, we have our why story. Let's just retell that over and over and over again. I was like, no, 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 don't retell that over and over again. That's going to bore people, right? So um, we want to start looking at now, how do we take that brand DNA and in everything that we do in our content, uh, how do we, how do we use that? Actually, one of my, my, so my best friend talked about this on a webinar, I think it was a week ago. Um, it was like Promax, I think it was called. And um, she did a fantastic job of talking about brand building in 2020. And you can access that on YouTube still now. So if this kind of stuff interests you, uh, she talks about it from like the advertising space in particular, how to bring your, your brand DNA into the, the, the advertising you put in put together. So if you're interested in that, go check that. I'll put a link in the comments after this. If you want to find out more about content marketing, stay and listen to this because basically what I promised at the end, wait, what did I promise at the end to do? Oh yeah. I'm going to talk to you about how you can create a, a month's worth of content in like an afternoon. So I'll share that with you at the end, bit of a teaser to stay and listen. Or if you're watching this on demand, you can just fast forward to the end. Or if you're listening to this on demand, because I do share this on my podcast show now, you can fast forward <laughs> to the end as well. But uh, I actually think the most important things we're going to talk about will be in the next 10, 20 minutes. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the mistakes that people are making when it comes to content marketing. So what I'm seeing a lot of is uh, there's no strategy, there's no plan of attack. And there's also this kind of like very shallow understanding of what we mean when we talk about repurposing content. So I've talked about this a couple of times before in relation to podcasters. What I see podcasters do is they'll record, and I used to do this. So like, you know, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying this is a mistake, learn from it. 
move forward, don't do what I do, did <laughs> and make the mistake for a lot longer. So if you're doing an interview with someone uh, and then you just try to put exactly the same. So I see podcasters who've just done an audio podcast and they just chuck the whole thing up on YouTube and they just like, they're like, oh, it doesn't get any listens on YouTube. I'm like, well, yeah, because like no one wants to sit on YouTube and listen and watch a static image for half an hour and listen to your interview. If they wanted to do that, they would just go and listen to your podcast. But YouTube can give you other ways of creating dynamic content. And especially if you've got the person on camera, that's really your opportunity to use YouTube. But YouTube uh, as a platform works very differently to say something like LinkedIn. So you don't want to go, okay, I'm going to create a podcast and I'm going to put a three-minute video on YouTube and a three-minute video on LinkedIn and a three-minute video on Instagram and a three-minute video. Like you want to think about how you position that content for each channel that's important to you. And in a way, you're better off getting one or two channels right and like completely nailing the type of content that you're putting up there rather than trying to do everything all in one go and then doing everything poorly because it's you can't learn how to optimize content for every channel like on the go a lot of marketers don't even know how to do that so if you're a founder if you're a consultant like the chances of you being able to like I'm not saying like you can be super smart <laughs> but it's just it's a lot of different things to kind of try to process at the same time meanwhile trying to create all the content and stuff as well so uh, what I would say as like a first step is like pick the channels that matter most to you uh, and most to your ideal clients, where they are, where they are in terms of the right mindset as well, which we're going to talk a bit more about in a minute and use that first. The other thing I see, and this is specifically with B2B brands, is they think that they need to be robotic because they're talking to a business audience. So they kind of get really like scripted and very stiff and kind of talk to camera and they talk about really boring things and I'm like even the people who are interested in this area or this topic are not going to find that that interesting so don't do that so there's some of the there's some of the sort of big mistakes I'm seeing but but the ad hoc approach is um is not great Hello to, I. sorry, I can't see your name. It just says LinkedIn user and then it says CA. And I'm not sure if you mean CA is in California or you mean CA is in customer acquisition or so uh, just write back and tell me who you are and, uh, and what, your, what your message is because I, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I do want to say hello though. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about repurposing content for different channels. So if you're, let's say, okay, you're on LinkedIn. So I'm going to assume that LinkedIn is one of, you know, sort of like an important platform for you just by the fact that you're using it and you're tuning into a live stream or you're watching this later. So with LinkedIn, what we see, and this has changed, and I did a podcast about this on Monday in terms of specific things that I'm seeing work in LinkedIn in 2020. Like I've spent years on the LinkedIn platform trying to work it out, trying to figure out the algorithm. And like now, yeah, it works pretty well for me. I can usually get posts trending. I can do LinkedIn lives, which is awesome because I know not everyone has access to it, but it's not something that, uh, oh, hey, okay, sorry, I still can't see your name, but California, just tune in, what's the subject? So I'm talking about how to adapt your content for different channels. So last week I talked about sort of storytelling, but I was like, well, storytelling is one thing, but how do you actually maximize 
reach? Like, how do you actually make sure that your content is appropriate for, for different channels? Because what I see a lot of people doing, just to recap on what I was saying before, is they kind of just like plonk content on there and it's sort of like they don't think about what the user's doing on the channel and what they want to see. So that's what we're kind of talking through uh, now. And I'm just talking about sort of like from the repurposing content perspective, you need to have a strategy for each platform. So on LinkedIn, people aren't going to sit down and watch a 10-minute video on LinkedIn. It's not going to happen. On YouTube, they will. On LinkedIn, they won't. On LinkedIn, they'll do it for a live stream maybe, but it just depends on the topic, right? And it also depends on what time of day you're live streaming on, uh, how many other people are watching, whether people are commenting, all that kind of stuff. So LinkedIn, I think they want live streams to generally be over 15 minutes. Um, I'm trying to get these down to 20, but <laughs> I struggle to do that. But I use these to, I repurpose these in, in lots of ways, right? Um, if you're looking at something like, so I just joined TikTok recently uh, and I got some questions about that. Like I put a post up saying like, I've taken the plunge, I'm on TikTok. And uh, uh, Sophie Den Hartog, actually, she was the one that asked me this. She was like, so um, I thought it was just for like music videos and dancing videos and stuff like that, right? And I was like, yeah, so did I. Um, but actually there's some really great stuff happening there for podcasters. So if you've got like interview clips and stuff like that, you can do like a little one minute interview clip and that works really well. And I'm finding like just from doing that in, I've only been doing it for a few days. I do like two one minute pieces per day. I've gotten a lot more views. My podcast listens have actually gone up this week, um, but I'm not sure yet if I can attribute that to TikTok. So I'm, I'm going to hold off on on sort of, uh, you know, attributing that and just say that at least from a reach perspective, TikTok is great. But if I just tried to take exactly what I'm doing, I mean, TikTok doesn't even let you do that, but some platforms do like YouTube, you can just take audio and chuck it on YouTube and put an image on it, but it won't do anything. And then, so people start going, oh, content marketing doesn't work. Um, but what you really need to think about is like each piece of media is its own thing, but you can extract a lot of different media from a particular activity. So a really good example of that is something like a webinar. I'm not going to talk about events at the moment because events are kind of not happening. But if you talk about a virtual event, you've got all these great speakers lined up doing these webinars. Why not do sort of like interviews off the back of that and go cool like look can we just get 30 more minutes of your time or 15 more minutes of your time after the the webinar we're going to get you know like someone like me like an interviewer to interview you and go hey like tell us about some of the key points cut that into like a little five minute um you know bit and then that's its own piece of content that you can then use to promote the webinar as an on-demand piece of content or to draw people into the webinar as a gated sort of lead magnet. So there's all these different ways that you can leverage what you have to actually create interesting content. Um, this sort of brings me to my next point around how much content you should create. And again, this is going to depend on the platform. So for something like LinkedIn, what I've found is like once a day is good. Like if you've start posting too much more than once a day. And I've talked to people who've done this. They're like, oh, I lose followers. Um, I think I was doing this at one point. I remember losing followers once when I did once a day, but that was a long time ago before 
uh, when people are hardly posting at all on LinkedIn. I think people are posting a little bit more now. Uh, for me, I'm like once a day. Once a day on LinkedIn is good. Uh, TikTok, I'm doing twice a day. But on Instagram, I'm kind of playing around with once or twice a day. I think Gary Vee says do it three times a day. But I know that does annoy some people. Um, one challenge with, especially if you're like trying to grow your personal brand is if you're doing it on your personal profile, you can sort of annoy your friends and family. <laughs> so they will be like, why are you posting so much? You're like, well, I'm not expecting you as my friends and family to like every video I put out, but this is what I'm doing to get more reach. So if you pick like one or two channels and you go and look at what people are doing, have a look at like the best people in the market who are really making the most of that channel look at what they're doing and then see how you can kind of adapt that but don't look at what someone's doing overall for content and then go oh that person does a great podcast so I'm going to do that on YouTube you know what I mean like it's sort of like you've got to make it make it match Amber Lawrence said uh posted some link um watching from Melbourne hi Amber Amber I think it's Amber I just assumed it's Amber (laughs) I see AMB dot. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So um, what else am I talking about? How do you create a month's worth of content in a single afternoon? Okay, that's what I promised to, to talk about. Let me talk a little bit more about how much content you should create because it's uh, when I say two videos a day, that's like if you do the math, that's like 60 to 62 posts a month for TikTok, say, for instance. Um and like I said, I'm actually finding it super valuable. Like if you're a podcaster, go check it out. Have a look at what I'm doing. Have a look at what Byron Dempsey's doing. He's the one that really inspired me to jump on the channel. And it's it's actually really, really powerful. If you're looking at uh, LinkedIn, uh, you can have a look at what I'm doing as well because generally like you'll see like some of my posts do better than others. I think you can see the views. I'm pretty sure you can see the views. Uh, but like I said, I get a lot of content trending because I'm using hashtags that work for that particular topic that I'm talking about. Twitter, completely different. Twitter is a completely different game. Twitter is all about conversation. So it does drive traffic as well. Um, But it's actually quite a hard one to use in Australia. I I think in the UK and in the US, Twitter kind of really has the, you kind of need enough people on the platform for it to be sort of interesting and for it to get because your your post sort of goes out and then within like three seconds it's gone down right but if you have enough eyeballs looking at it at that time that you post then it's kind of going to be uh, a bit more powerful so I'm still kind of learning on the Twitter platform what works Facebook I find like Facebook pages total waste of time uh, it's just like Facebook has been like not prioritizing that at all for company pages essentially what they want is they just want you to pay for ads. So if you're going for a content marketing organic strategy, I would actually ride Facebook off, Facebook company pages off. Uh, if you're going for growing your um, your personal brand, use your profile on Facebook. Um, and if you are going to do a company page, like I do have a grow your brand Facebook page, right? Um, but what really would work, and I'm not going to do it because I'm kind of annoyed with Facebook and I just, I'm really not seeing the value in it. But um, if you did want to grow a company page, you would need to like 
do lots of live streams essentially live streams still get a bit of cut through and you 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 know your audience gets sort of notifications there's a lot of people on Facebook and that's sort of the justification for it but really it's a pay-to-play kind of model now and you know you could have a million followers on Facebook I know people who've done this like I've got over a million followers on Facebook and yet like my post gets hardly any reach so you spend all this time building your audience and they don't even see it on YouTube, you can get away with posting once a week. You don't have to post three times a week or every day. Posting on on YouTube every day would be actually quite hard if you really want to create like good 10 to 20 minute pieces of content that people want to uh, look at and engage with, unless you are like, this is going to be my full-time focus. And like, I'm the YouTube person for the business. And like, I spend all of my time understanding like YouTube SEO uh, I spend all of my time doing the time codes for it. I, like if you're like the person for YouTube in a small business, you could do every day, but it is a lot of work. And then you have email marketing, right? So with email marketing, you don't want to be sending an email uh, every day. Like if you send an email every day, like a newsletter every day, that's going to really annoy people. But what you can do, and this is like a really good tip, especially for B2B businesses is like use a trigger don't use a um don't use a like a like a campaign newsletter so use a trigger email in the sense of someone downloads something someone watches something they've just put their email in that's when you send them an email and then you could do like a daily thing so say for instance you go like sign up to a five-day boot camp uh you could be like okay you signed up bang here's day one and the next day is day two. And they actually want, they've agreed to get that content every day for five days. Then after that, you might want to go like weekly. And it kind of depends on what you do, how often you send stuff. Um, but you really need to look at how to optimize that. What's the routine? What's the right time? And if you, again, if you think about that, trying to do that on 10 channels all in one go, it's going to be too hard. Doing that one, two, three channels, possible. And again, if you're not a marketing person, if you're a founder, you might want to go one channel at a time. Uh, if you're in the B2B space, LinkedIn needs to be your first one. That needs to be sort of your priority. Um, but make sure you really understand what works. And if you want to find out more about what works on LinkedIn, like I said, I've got that podcast that I put up on Monday on the Grow Your Brand. So if you just look up Grow Your Brand or Grow Your Brand podcast, you'll find it. Um, have a listen to the post I put up yeah, on Monday on LinkedIn because that, that will take you through sort of those nuances. And each channel has their little nuances. Um, all right. So how do you create a month's worth of content in a single afternoon? So there's difference between content creation and content distribution, right? So content creation, again, is where we create all the raw content. It's also the way that we can make sure we're briefing co copywriters and content marketers and our social media marketer and our, um, you know, all the people who go into distributing our content, um, or writing our content or helping us create content, it's really great if they have something to go off. It's very hard to like bring a copywriter into a business and just be like, oh, here, here's my website, go write copy for me. It's, it's not going to be very good quality, not because they're not good at their job, just because you're not giving them a very um, fleshed out brief. So it's, they have to do a lot of guesswork and then you're going to get a lot of back and forth. You're going to get a lot of inefficiency. It's probably going to cost you more money. So what my recommendation is and what I do with my clients is basically we spend half a day on your content. 
so we we might do a workshop beforehand we might plan beforehand and it's like okay this is our shoot day where we're going to get everything we need for it could be the next month it could even be potentially the next three months just depends again what your strategy is and what we kind of work out there you sit down you go through and usually what I do is I'll ask questions to um, the, the, the founder, maybe it's to some other staff members, maybe it's also to some customers, right? And you get all of the content that you need in that half day, or maybe if you're going to do like three months worth of content, it's a full day. You get all of that raw content and then it's like, okay, now we've got all the stuff to work with. Now we don't have to go back into a studio for a while. We don't have to think about for this while. We've, we can start to build our content bank. And then from there, what you do is you look at, okay, so say if you were like, okay, I'm going to do LinkedIn, we're going to do YouTube, and we want to do an email marketing message once a week. And you start to look at, well, how do I take everything that we've done and optimize it for each of those channels, right? So from like one interview, you can get like seven pieces of like content for LinkedIn. So that's like, if you were posting on weekends as well, that's like a week's worth of content. So by planning those interviews, planning those answers and those questions, you can start to really like go, it's like a, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like, it's sort of like explosion of content. Like you can have like this really like dense sort of compacted day and then go boom, like here is all the content that we're going to share over the next month and now my marketers have stuff to work with now my social media manager has stuff to work with or the agency I'm you know working with has stuff they can work with where before it's like all of the information is in that consultant's head or that founder's head or in your head right it's like people don't have access to that until they've got a way of listening or watching and understanding it so it's a way for them to understand more about the business it's a way for them to understand how you talk your tone of voice your approach to the market your your messaging and then start to use that to build out your content marketing sort of strategy or your content actually just pushing out content to get reach right the other thing you want to think about and sorry I I just realized this is a little bit (laughs) everywhere but I really I'm like that it's really really powerful to do that you you literally just batch film batch record your content so so powerful um but the other thing that you want to think about wait what was I going to say the other thing you want to think about is oh yeah I remember so if you think back to like content marketing 101 your sort of content marketing funnel right the idea is that you have like brand building stuff at the top so market penetration, stuff that gets out as to many people as possibly can. Then you have sort of that like education content, which is like a bit further down the funnel. This is stuff that people who already know a bit about you want to learn more about you. So it might be like an ebook. It might be like a webinar. It might be like a landing page on your website. They've, they've gone to research more about you. It might be your pricing page, right? And then you have like your conversion content this is you know a simplified version but you have your conversion content and your conversion content is sort of that like okay now it's time to to purchase you know like this is the time to put this in your shopping basket in the case of uh consultants usually it's like we're just looking to get someone to book a call so it might be like our calendar page where they're kind of actually go, okay this is why you should should book in with me and we can have like a little video there sort of saying hey thanks so much for uh 
or not even thanks so much, but really looking forward to our chat. All you need to do is like use the calendar below to find a time that works for you. In our chat, we're going to talk about this, 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 this. Really looking forward to it. I'll see you then, you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's like welcoming people into that final action. So the content I'm talking about is largely at the top and that's that's the stuff where we like really need to understand how do we get reach on these different channels and then we can kind of start to, you know, focus on, okay, so, well, you need to have this established first, but it's like all of this stuff up here drives people to get to know more about your brand. So, for instance, on TikTok, I'm like doing little interview snippets for my podcast. The next stage, that, that middle part of the funnel would be my Grow Your Brand podcast, if that makes sense. Hey, Anastasia, thank you. <laughs> I felt like I was a little bit everywhere this morning, actually. Like, oh, they're this, they're this. It sometimes happens. Um, I want to wrap this up by finishing off with some actions you can take now to start benefit benefiting from it this week with the caveat that content marketing has to be consistent. So if you kind of go, all right, I'll do my first video this week and then you are silent for the next three months, not going to do anything for you. But stuff that you can start doing today that's going to get some initial traction and then stuff and then if you keep doing it, you'll get more traction. So it's going to depend on who you are. I'm going to talk about people who are in the B2B space because that's people I work with. That's people I know about, right? So I would say focus on LinkedIn and Twitter as your two. They're the ones that by far drive the most um, uh, What's traffic traffic to your website. Uh, If you want to do something else, have a look also at SEO. Search engine optimization is so, so powerful. So if you've got blog content that you've already written, make sure it's optimized for search. Uh, It's, I mean, I've had this happen as well. You can have all this content sitting there. And if you don't actually look at how to optimize it, uh, it, it it can be great content and no one ever sees it, which is just tragic. So, um, but let's say, so Twitter, LinkedIn, SEO. All right. First thing, let's go backwards. For SEO, go to Ubersuggest, uh, which is a, it's a, there's a free component and there's a paid component. Um, it's by Neil Patel, who is like SEO guru. I got to interview him actually, which was really cool earlier this year. Um, go to Ubersuggest, type in your website. And you can actually do like a content audit on there. I'm not sure if that's free or if it's paid, um, but just have a play around with Ubersuggest. If you've got a blog article that you've written recently, have a look at how that ranks in terms of search terms. So what's the search term for that article? Type it into Ubersuggest and see how many people are even looking for that, right? So say if you've got, say if you had a, a um, an article like what is content marketing, type that in, see what happens. Uh, you can pay people to do uh, SEO audits on your website. You can also, there's a lot of people that offer free SEO audits. Um, so I would definitely recommend as a first point, if you have content already, see how you can optimize what you've already got. Second thing, following on from that with that same content, what can you pull out from that? So if you've done a blog um, blog piece or you've done a media appearance on a podcast, how can you potentially leverage that? So when you've done interviews with other people, you can actually take pieces of that and highlight it as well. What I would do though, is check with the podcaster. Um, Often they'll actually provide those pieces because they'll be branded and it helps to promote their show as well. Um, 
And then, uh, so, so how can you take what you've already gotten and start to use that? Maybe there's like a quote that you have from a blog article you've written recently. What are those pull quotes? There's usually more than one. How can you schedule that out, say, like two times this week on LinkedIn and on Twitter? Um, and then the other thing is, well, I kind of said LinkedIn and Twitter. With Twitter, probably what you need to do more is have a look at, this is what I find generally works best is you time it in with what's trending so have a look at so there's a way to just quickly look at twitter and see what's trending on the platform if you just go to search and it'll say like what's trending um have a look at what's trending if there's something that's relevant to your industry look at who the top people are who are writing about that comment on their stuff put your own sort of perspective on it as well but twitter is very much like a conversation platform and then you can pepper that through with like check out my latest blog article on this post you know so you you still want to promote your own stuff but with twitter the other thing is you don't just do it once so say you've written a blog article for the week hey Chelsea, how you doing thank you <laughs> It's also, you said always great information for me. Appreciate it. And sorry, David Stevens, I just saw your post as well. What are the benefits of posting an article as a blog versus posting it to Facebook or LinkedIn? Okay, yeah. So LinkedIn, apparently the algorithm for LinkedIn doesn't really optimize article promotion. But what you can do if you post an article on LinkedIn is you can still take the link to the article and share it as a post and that works a lot better. Uh, what I would say, though, is the advantage of a blog is that then that becomes part that that becomes a traffic driver for your website. So if you've done an SEO, like I always say SEO optimized, a search engine optimized <laughs> article uh, on your blog, then that's driving traffic to your website. And if you do a bunch of those types of articles, so say, for instance, Say, for instance, you're an expert in brand strategy. I know brand strategy is actually quite a highly searched term. Um, and you've written 10 articles about brand strategy and you put that on your blog and say you do like one every week or one every two weeks, right? What will happen is Google starts to go, basically, you've created a content silo. So Google starts to go, oh, this person hasn't just written one article about brand strategy. They've written 10 and they're all interlinked together. So you kind of go like, check out my other article on brand strategy, right? So you link all those articles together and Google's like, oh, this person's an expert in this field. So when someone's looking at brand strategy, I'm going to rank this content higher. That kind of stuff doesn't have, happen with LinkedIn. In terms of Facebook, like I was saying before, I just, I just don't like it. I just don't find Facebook useful at all for, for, for company pages. For your profile, yeah, but you might have to put it in a post, like you'd put like an article into like a post kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm not happy with Facebook at the moment. <laughs> I just think they like, they really have deprioritized business massively. Um, they're really not doing anything to help the business community. They just very, very much want the advertising dollars to, to, um, to put your posts out there, even to the people who just follow your page. So people who've chosen to follow your content still are most likely not going to see your content. So I'm really bagging on um, on Facebook today, but anyway, uh, I probably should wrap up because we've done uh, over 30 minutes, but thanks for your question, David. Appreciate it. It's a really good one. Um, so just to recap on actions, have a look at from the SEO side, have a look at what you've already done. Start thinking about how you can write other content that's going to be 
you know, valuable, findable, searchable things that people are actively looking for right now. Um, from the LinkedIn perspective, are there things that you've already done that you can repurpose? And also, if you're going to do video content on the platform, um, just keep it to one to three minutes. And you could even do like, say you've done a blog article, you could just be like, I'm going to talk about the same thing that I talked about in this blog article. And then you're welcome, David. Thanks for the question. Um, and then the third thing is for Twitter. And this is going to depend on who you are and what you do. Um, if you're trying to promote your blog content, you're trying to promote stuff that goes to your website. Um, you need to post more than once, like do like 10 posts, but just don't do them exactly the same and spread them out over the week. That's what's going to actually really work because Twitter is such, so fast moving. Um, but the other thing is if you want to be like an influencer and a thought leader on Twitter, then you actually, it's more about responding to things that are happening. So things that are trending and kind of saying like, oh, well, this is what I think about this, you know, um, that, that tends to work. That tends to work better. The, the tweets for me that have done the best are the ones where I'm like responding to what someone is talking about in the media, um, but, you know, relevant to my, my brand and my industry. All right, guys, thanks so much for watching. Uh, this will be available on replay, obviously here on LinkedIn and on YouTube as well. And I am sharing the live streams as a podcast on Fridays every week. So this Friday will be a live stream from a few weeks back where I talked about how to get on podcast shows every week. Um, and this one will come out in a couple of weeks time. Alrighty, uh, have an awesome rest of the week and I'll talk to you guys again soon. See you later. So that's it from me this week. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, I'll be back next week on Monday for a Monday motivation episode. Haven't worked out what that's going to be about, but it will be good. I promise it will be good. Uh, and like I said, on Friday next week, we'll be following this conversation up with the next installment of the Seen and Heard series. And I think that's probably the, been the best one so far in terms of how well it was received just from the, the live stream side of things. Everyone was saying this was really, really good. So I'm super excited to share that with you. Tune in next Friday for that. Have an awesome weekend. And until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Cheers, guys. How should you plan for when your home becomes too small? or when the next one gets too big. At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender.